Before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the co-chairs of our 2021 Board of Directors, Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty, the Staten Island-based real estate firm that has made a name for itself for more than a decade as a local, independent, family-run business that knows the neighborhoods it serves. With their support, we're able to share stories from the community, from Tottenville to Tompkinsville, and everywhere in between. If you have an idea or a positive story you would like to share, let our team know about it. Email us at stories at onsi.nyc. Now, on to the show. Straight ahead on this March 2021 edition of OnSI. Staten Island's St. Patrick's Day Parade was one of the last major events to be held in the city in 2020. Stepping off just a few short weeks before strict COVID-19 stay-at-home orders went into effect. Why West Brighton locals say there was still a reason to celebrate in 2021, even as the year's event was forced to be reimagined. As vaccination programs continue to reach more people, there are many island organizations who are stepping up to help. How the Jewish Community Center is making a difference during the pandemic. And this episode's Local Hero of the Month is a woman who, despite adversity, is offering a much-needed support system to those with a rare form of cancer. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Patty Murphy. We begin this month with yet another annual celebration that was forced to rethink how to safely engage locals during an ongoing pandemic. And while the popular Staten Island St. Patrick's Day Parade was actually one of the few in the city to step off in 2020, 2021 was a different experience, albeit with a similar mission. On SI's Joe Malvasio has more. For decades, the island St. Patrick's Day Parade has been a staple on the North Shore, a day to celebrate with neighbors and visitors alike. Nina Flores, the executive director of the Forest Avenue Business Improvement District, says locals always enjoy the sea of green that lines the route, the marching bands, and other family-friendly entertainment. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is a a Staten Island tradition. Even though the bid doesn't run it, the Hibernians do, but uh, it brings happiness to all that participate and to celebrate the Irish culture and history. Even if you aren't Irish that day, you are Irish that day. <laughs> this year, like many other events, COVID-19 sidelined the parade itself. But that didn't stop the community from commemorating the day. Billed as Shamrock West Brighton, the bid created a map of local homes and merchants who decorated for the holiday. They also urged people to shop and dine local as they explored the neighborhood on foot. We had a lot of families came out during on, sun, on that Sunday. We also promoted this the SI Pride uh, virtual parade for all because we want it to be inclusive. We want St. Patrick's Day to be inclusive. As for the local economy, after a rough year, Flores says area merchants are lucky that Staten Islanders are a loyal bunch and often go out of their way to support neighborhood establishments. They love their businesses and so do our, our small businesses love their community and they are happy to support any way they can. They are ready for everyone to come with open arms and they're just appreciative with everything that's been happening, that they're able to still survive. It's a, it's a great community, and, you know, they're very supportive. The businesses are supportive with the community, and this community su- supports them right back, which is great. There is widespread hope that COVID-19 vaccinations will finally end the misery inflicted by the pandemic. 
To that end, various organizations in both the private and public sectors have done their best to help. And there are positive signs that those efforts are paying off. I spoke with Allison Cohen of the Staten Island Jewish Community Center about one such success story right here in our own backyard. Well, Allison, I am so happy to have you with me today, my dear friend. I'm so happy to be here, Patty. First things first, I want to commend you for the JCC's COVID-19 vaccine distribution. You have helped so many people. Can you explain the JCC's vaccine successes for our listeners? So this all kind of came about when we saw early this year a need in our community for more of a centralized vaccine appointment system because it was very hard for people, especially seniors, to get vaccine appointments. A lot of appointments were online. Um, It was hard for people with disabilities to access vaccine appointments. So this is kind of what we do on a day-to-day basis. These are the groups of people we deal with. So we realized that it was really on us to jump in and help these people make the appointments. Not only have we been hosting pop-up vaccine sites, we hosted uh, our first site at the Gerard Carter Center in partnership with the governor's office, and then we hosted two at the Bernicau building in partnership with the borough president's office and Vitacare Pharmacy. We've also been helping people get appointments all over the island at various sites. So we've been partnering with Richmond University Medical Center to get people vaccinated. We've been partnering with uh, various other places. When we see appointments come up, we let people know. We have a very full email list and phone list. Um, We've been, anyone who asks and says we have open appointments, we give them our list of people and they call them. So all in all, we've gotten probably over 2000 people vaccinated both at our sites and around the borough. And it's been a really wonderful experience. It's been great to see. And we've also been trying to make it a more pleasant experience for people. So um, when they come to our site, uh, we have music playing, we have photo opportunities, and, and we try to make it as pleasant an experience as possible because we know it's, it's sort of a, a difficult topic and it's, it, some people are afraid of needles. So we're trying to make it as positive as possible for them. That I have to say, it's not lost on me what a monumental effort this is and the amount of work that goes into um, planning and executing something like this. And to even hear you humanize the experience in such a detailed way, it just reminds me of what the JCC really is all about, that sense of community. And when I think of the JCC, I think of a hub of community. There's always things going on during normal times, and I'm using air quotes. I have to ask, how's the organization navigated the COVID-19 pandemic while staying committed to its mission? It's been you know, incredibly hard to navigate a pandemic just from a work perspective and do everything that we have been doing, but we've managed to make it work. Um, even though our doors sort of closed to the public for a short time, they never really closed to the people who needed us the most. So right after the pandemic hit, we got right to work. Um, we launched a service called COVID-19 Connect to Recovery, which provides social services for people in need. And we know that there are so many people in need. Um, you know, some of the needs have quadrupled or quintupled from what was going on in previous years. So um, our food pantry is part of this. We were screening people uh, to see if they needed benefits, health insurance, financial and legal assistance. Um, We've been providing referrals to mental health resources. Um, Also, we, we really focused in on feeding people who were in need. So we had a really wonderful grab and go, uh, 
meal service for our seniors because, it, you know, we were trying to keep seniors from having to go to the supermarket if they didn't feel comfortable. Um, we also had food deliveries for our Holocaust survivors, and we, we were reaching out to our Holocaust survivors all throughout the pandemic. We continue to do that. Um, and most recently, we had a Passover food pantry distribution, which had 800 uh, packages of food given out. So that was really great. Um, and that was actually on the same day as one of our vaccine clinics. So we vaccinated 400 people and fed 800 people. So it was an amazing day at the JCC. But even though, you know, we had to cut some of our member services or put them online virtually, um, we still are going and we're serving our community and seeing what the needs are and changing our services to fit what the needs are in our community. You do so much work, clearly. Uh, can you describe the mission of the JCC for people who maybe aren't familiar with it? Absolutely. So the JCC, although we are the Jewish Community Center of Staten Island, we are open to people of all walks of life. Everyone is welcome at the JCC. We're a community center and we're here for anyone who wants to be a part of our group or needs us. Um, we see what's needed in the community and we're always jumping in to serve the needs we see. And we're also providing recreational and educational services for the community. So we're really just kind of seeing what's going on in the community and creating services to fill the needs we see. I'm looking forward to when we can all be together in person again. And on that line of thinking, uh, what does the future hold for the JCC? Are there any programs or events that people should be aware of? So our spring event season, our spring and summer event season is a mix of virtual and in-person events. So we're, our first virtual event is going to be on April 22nd. It's our Nancy Avis Lador Vador luncheon, which is gonna honor four incredible women in our community. Um, and it, the money raised at that fundraiser will go to benefit um, our families in need programs uh, for people uh, who are in need because of COVID related issues. Um, we're also planning another fundraiser that's going to raise money for people, um, for children who have been impacted by COVID and, and work on their social emotional issues. Um, as for in-person events, we're really excited. We are planning our golf outing on July 2nd. That will be our second in-person COVID golf outing. Um, so we're very excited about that. We also have um, Sunrise Walks, which benefits Sunrise Day Camp, which is a free camp for children with cancer and their siblings. Sunrise Walks is technically in-person, but you will be able to walk wherever you like. Um, so it's, it's sort of virtual and in-person. And then we're very, very excited to once again have in-person summer camp this year. Um, so kids are getting very excited. Families are getting very excited to come back to the JCC for camp and we can't wait to have them. I know we're only skimming the surface when you name all these programs because within these programs, there's so many people. And I'm so impressed with all the work that the JCC is able to do for the Staten Island community is there any way people can support the JCC and its mission? Absolutely. If you want to support the JCC and our mission, you can go to sijcc.org and you can learn all about the programs we're doing and donate to the cause that you're most passionate about. Excellent. So I have to ask, you know, ultimately, what do you want people to take away from their involvement with anything associated with the JCC? 
I, I used the word community earlier talking about the JCC and it, it is that sort of sense when you're there. So what do you want people to take away from their experience? I think what people can take away is that we're much more than a gym or a fitness center or even a preschool. Uh, we consider ourselves a family and we're here for you no matter what you need. Uh, just like your family would be here for you, the JCC is always here for you. Allison, before we wrap up today, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? If anyone's interested in being added to our vaccine wait list, you can go to sijcc.org and there's a link to join our email list and you will be informed of any vaccine clinics we have coming up or any that we learn about in the community. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me, Allison. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Now, we are proud to bring you our local Hero of the Month, a segment made possible with support from Tom and Suzanne Crimmins of Tom Crimmins Realty. In this installment, we introduce you to Laura Mooney of Grimes Hill, a true local hero making a difference for those who are battling a rare form of cancer. March marks Multiple Myeloma Awareness Month a disease Laura Mooney knows all too well because her husband Charles was diagnosed with the rare form of bone cancer in 2010. During his treatment, the couple sought support from a group in New Jersey. Mooney decided a similar group was needed closer to home so people could gather to share information about multiple myeloma research, treatments, and resources. It's something near and dear to my heart. And as I said to my husband in the very beginning, you know, he was reluctant to get involved. You know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm tired of it. You know, I said, you know what? Here's the bottom line. If we can help one person, one person, it'll make a difference. The Staten Island Multiple Myeloma Support Group is an extension of the International Myeloma Foundation. According to the foundation, about 30,000 new cases of the disease are diagnosed each year. The very first meeting Mooney hosted on the island exceeded her expectations and proved there was a need for the group in the area. The first meeting we had, 36 people came. We were stunned. Patients came, their family members came with them. We started to talk to each other and share stories, and this is how it evolved. Mooney's mantra is knowledge is power, and the best advice she can give to people is to be aware of symptoms, get tested, always seek out a second opinion, and be your own advocate. To that end, the group brings in doctors, nurses, and other myeloma experts to talk about the disease. The fact that we started this group has opened up a lot of doors to us that we never would have been able to, to know about. So we have real personal relationships with a lot of the multiple myeloma specialists. Over the years, the group has met in different locations across the island. When the COVID-19 pandemic gripped New York City, Mooney prioritized the health and safety of myeloma support group members by hosting meetings virtually. The crisis provided a unique opportunity for the group. Now they're able to connect with even more people and accept them into their community. Actually, now that we have a Zoom meeting, I've gotten people from, from the Bronx, from Brooklyn, from Manhattan, from Pittsburgh, from California that have found out about us and say, can we join your group on Zoom? Can we come on your meeting? And, and so we're, we're like embracing all these new people. It's, it's wild. 
just as Mooney turned tragedy into service when her husband was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, she continues to be resilient in the face of adversity for those who need her support. That's why she's our local Hero of the Month. And finally, in case you missed it, in our last edition of On SI, we spoke with Dr. Joanne Gerenzer, the Executive Director of Eden 2, a North Shore-based nonprofit that serves people with autism. She explained that since the outbreak of COVID-19, her facilities have been forced to undergo a costly transformation. It was a huge cost to be able to uh, create space so that we could allow for social distancing, putting in dividers. We had to buy these jam boards, which are not what we had uh, because they were the jam boards are like big smart boards, but they're compatible with Google Classroom so that we could offer both in-person and remote. And, you know, none of that was reimbursable. Despite the added burden, Gerinzer said donations from various Staten Island foundations helped keep Eden 2 on its feet during the peak of the crisis, a safety net that she, her staff, and Eden 2 families are grateful to have. That'll do it for this edition of On SI. A thank you to Nina Flores, Allison Cohen, Laura Mooney, and Tom and Suzanne Crimmins. Please check out our website at onsi.nyc and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We feature stories that matter to locals. As I mentioned earlier, if you have one you'd like to share, email it to us at stories at onsi.nyc. Until next time, be well.